Hello, wherever and whenever you are listening, my name is Ryan Hooley and I am back again for the third midweek. Uh, like always, I am super blessed to be here and I am so psyched to bring to you what I've been preparing for the last two weeks. I got a lot to talk about, so we're going to jump right in. I'm not wasting any time here. The Bible, the most sold, the most pirated, most translated book of all time. For perspective, let's look at second place. Uh, the year 1937, J.R.R. Tolkien has just released the first edition of The Hobbit. Uh, since then, it has been translated into over 50 languages and has sold over 145 million copies and counting. An impressive feat, but when it comes to the number one best-selling book of all time, the Bible clocks in at 5 billion known copies, with the entirety being translated into 603 languages, and bits and pieces of it, 3,384 different languages. As I said earlier, the Bible is the most sold, most pirated, most translated book of all time, but in my opinion, the most important one to note is that it is also the most revised book of all time. Most books go through three to four revisions before being published. Uh, they fix grammatical errors, they swap out vocabulary, and most importantly, they check for redundancies. Too much repetition can result in too big of a book, and the Bible has experienced a known 24,000 revisions in the last two centuries. So in all of these revisions, the Bible still has a lot of repetition, <laughs> like a lot. But repetition in the Bible is incredibly important to take note of. Why is it important to take note of? That is what I'm here to talk to you about today. Growing up, uh, when my dad used to ask me for help with something, he'd tell me, he'd write a note, he'd remind me the morning of, and it drove me nuts. I used to think every time, like, why does he think so little of me that he has to repeat himself so many times? Eventually, he stopped writing those notes and only asked me to do something once, and uh, I'd forget to do it. Ten times out of ten, I would forget. And he was never writing those notes to make me feel stupid, but he knew where my faults were. He knew that I didn't have the best memory, and so he was trying to help me. The same goes for God. He repeats things in the Bible not to make us feel stupid, but to make sure that we never forget the important stuff. So he knows our faults and he knows that we as humans are inherently forgetful. Take a look at the Israelites in the Old Testament and the amount of times they turn their backs to God and worship idols even after witnessing the craziest of miracles that God performed right in front of their very eyes. So when God repeats something, don't gloss over it because you know what it's about to say. Reread it as if it's the first time you've ever read it. So now that I have all that background out of the way, I can finally get to the topic. I have found three themes that are repeated in the Bible in various forms. And there are obviously more than three things, so feel free to go find your own. Uh, so a disclaimer, depending on the translation, the amount of times something is said may vary. Some more, some might have less. This is just a rough estimate based on the more popular translations. So. Theme number one, love your neighbor. It is said in the Bible at least 122 times. Now, if you grew up in Hawaii, you've probably just lived this your entire life, whether you were raised Christian or not. Uh, the Bible says 
uh, in its various, sorry, the Bible says this in its various forms, like I said, 122 times. Uh, the most famous being in Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All four Gospels say it, quite a handful, as it was something Jesus preached often. But the golden rule was preached before Jesus' birth too. In Leviticus 19, verse 18, it says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The Lord said this to Moses and instructed him to share it with the Israelites. The word love in itself is said 541 times. And everything Jesus is and was boils down to love. For the billions of people he never yet met, he died on a cross. The ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate form of love. Us being called to love our neighbor is so easy compared to what Jesus was called to do to prove his love for us. I know I sound like a broken record by this point talking about loving your neighbor three midweeks in a row, but I love people and it's something I'm passionate about and I desperately want to share my love of God and God's love for people with everyone. So I won't harp on this much more this week. I'll save it for the next one. We still have two more to go. Number two, praise the Lord and give thanks always. Why is it important to praise God and also thank him? Uh, besides the fact that it's said in the Bible at least 180 times, chances are you've asked God for help at some point in your life. I like to talk to God as much as I can. Sometimes about a new song that came out or movie trailer or what I should get for lunch. I consult him on a lot, especially when I'm going through a hard time. But it's in those moments that I, I start praying more seriously and I you know, and turn to God to ask for help, the fun, light-hearted conversations where I find myself thanking him for every little thing, like finding a good parking spot. Yeah, those prayers start to disappear and I find myself uh, just primarily asking for help and I forget uh, to thank him in the end. A beautiful example of how to praise God through the hardships is shown through the story of Job. Uh, Job shows the resilience of a man who was stripped of everything. He lost his heavenly protection, his family, his livestock, even his health. His friends mocked and questioned him and told him to curse God for allowing this to happen in the first place. And yet, Job insisted on still praising God, and God rewarded him for doing that. The hardships start right off the bat in chapter 1, where all of his livestock die, all of his servants die, and his sons and daughters and family also die. And yet, Job chapter 1, verse 20, it says, And Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. The end of verse 21 is Job saying, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. That was chapter one into the 42 chapter story that is Job's life. So to catch you up on everything that happened in between one and 42, more hardships came. And not once did his faith waver. It says in chapter 42 that God restored his wealth and health to double what it was before because of Job's faith. 
Verses 16 and 17 say, After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. So Job died an old man and full of years. The moral of Job's story is that a man who went through some of the worst imaginable things praised God until the end of his life. And God rewarded that praise by restoring everything twofold. I have never been through anything nearly as awful as Job. So we can look to his story uh, for strength and as a reminder that I can and will praise God through every storm and valley. If you ever need any sort of inspiration on how you should praise God or when you should praise God, spoiler alert all the time, uh, but just flip to any chapter of Psalms and start reading. But Psalms 9, verse 1 and 2 put it nicely. It says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, almost high. So on to point three, my favorite one. Uh, do not be afraid. And the reason this is my favorite one is because I learned such a fun little novelty fact about it. Do not be afraid is said in the Bible in its various forms 365 times. 365, the number most famous for its relationship with the amount of days in a year. There is a verse for every day of the year. There is no way that that was an accident or coincidence. It's there as an encouragement for us to live every day fearlessly. Most famously quoted from Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Love that the Passion Translation says, I will infuse you with my strength and help you in every situation. This is such a, a beautiful verse because it an, an umbrellas out to apply to virtually any situation you find yourself in. It could be a physical fear, like the dark. Do not be afraid, I'm with you. It could be the anxiety surrounding a new job. Do not be afraid, I will help you. It could be the hopelessness you feel when caught on the inside of a monster wave. Do not be afraid, I will strengthen you. You can rearrange that verse to fit any of your most fearful moments. And that's just one. Why don't we take a look at a couple others? Exodus 20, 20, Moses said to his people, do not be afraid. Genesis 15, 1, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Psalms 118.6, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do? Mark 5.36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, do not be afraid, just believe. Revelation 1.17, I fell at his feet as though dead, and then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. That's just a handful. Like I said, there's 365. So, that being said, in conclusion... The Bible. The most sold, the most pirated, the most translated, the most revised, the most repetitive, the most relatable book of all time is here because we as humans are inherently forgetful and we, we need the constant reminder to love one another. We need the constant reminder to praise the Lord no matter the circumstance. And we need the constant reminder to not be afraid. Church, there is so much gold in the Bible, and there are so many fun ways to find it. I have had so much fun 
preparing this week's message. So before I leave you, I, I want to encourage you to find your own creative way to view the Bible that makes it more fun for you. Whatever it is you need to do to inspire you to dig a little deeper into the Bible, it will only benefit and improve your life. So I'm going to pray us out. And I know this was really fast, but I, I hope you all got something from this like I did. I love and uh, I miss you all so much. And I can't wait for the day where we can safely be together again. So, that being said, Father, thank you so much for this time that we got to share with you. Thank you so much for being such a great Father that you know where our faults are and you repeat what needs to be repeated so that we'll never forget just how fortunate we are to have you in our lives. God, I pray you would be with us to help us to remember to love our neighbors just a little bit more. God, I pray you would continually remind us to praise you in the hard times. God, I pray you would continue to remind us to call upon you when we're afraid. Again, I thank you so much for this time that we got to share with you and for this opportunity. Uh, thank you for putting this so heavily on my heart and uh, giving me the ability to share this with the wonderful people of my church. We love you so much. Pray it would be with everyone throughout the rest of our weeks. Just keep our batteries filled till Sunday when we can meet together again virtually. In Jesus' name, amen.